Hello again from Third Flatiron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado, and Ayr, Scotland. With the holidays fast approaching, we offer Santa Claus Comes Straight to the Sprawl by Andrew Cairns. Andrew is a native of Ayr, Scotland, and is a first reader and sound engineer for Third Flatiron Anthologies. He received his degree in media studies from the University of the West of Scotland. This Christmas heist story was inspired in part by the classic sprawl cyberpunk of William Gibson, a world of high-tech specialist mercenaries and bandits trying to exist in the shadows of a cruel corporate dystopia. For more free podcasts from Third Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our feed. And now, here's Santa Claus Comes Straight to the Sprawl, read by Keely Rue. Santa Claus Comes Straight to the Sprawl by Andrew Cairns As the antique diesel wagon careened wildly through the perimeter fence, one front wheel finally made contact with one of the remaining concrete curbs hidden within the overgrown lot. The vehicle bucked sharply upwards as the wheel finally wrenched itself from the sweaty palms of its inexperienced pilot, and, with a terrible metal creaking, the van slowly rolled in the air before clattering back to earth and grinding to a halt on one side. When the occupants emerged from the plinking, hissing, cooling, asphalt-cloud aftermath some seconds later, they were in hail spirits and mid-argument. "'Would have landed if somebody had secured the load properly,' said the first, a punk boy, levering his long, thin body up through the door and leaping astride it in one smooth movement. He bent and reached one long arm into the cabin. He withdrew it as a similarly disheveled punk girl climbed up it like a rope ladder and alighted beside him, surveying the wreck with disapproval. It was fine until you started showing off. I know self-drive isn't an option, but this is better. She shook her head and slipped gracefully to the ground. Come on, let's check our winnings. The boy harumphed and smoothed out his elaborately patterned quaff with both hands before performing an expert tumble from the cabin, both feet hammering into the broken ground simultaneously. Showing off, repeated the girl without looking back. She peeled back the electric blanket and yanked the tailgate open grimaced at some dark thought before daring a peek inside at the thing. The spiderous bulk was still intact and alert. It whizzed and buzzed furiously, and would no doubt be lashing out at them with its multiplicity of metallic limbs even now, but the drone was fairly well immobilized, helplessly encased mid-thrash in thick strands of concrete-hard foam webbing, spilling from a distended, broken belly, the tips of its multi-jointed manipulator appendages swiveling and snapping uselessly this way and that. Some faded lettering was patched over with the livery of a smaller Carrico delivery drone. "'You there, boy!' chimed a third voice. "'What day is this?' "'Sorry. Hi. Swordfish,' it added, when the thieves had recovered their composure and craned their necks upward to locate the speaker. A smaller drone descended silently from the greasy orange sky, a matte charcoal surveillance model covered in clusters of glossy black orbs. They felt the ticklish sensation of being watched as network probes washed over them picometer resolution infrared, and ultraviolet cameras storing their image with digital precision. I saw the whole thing. Spiking the canister of the riot control drone was good, but luring it into the Faraday cage first was genuinely clever. Even though it was digitally distorted, the voice from the drone had all the pauses and indecision of natural speech, indicating a live audience rather than a demon assistance. Ta very much, your honor, said the boy. He frowned. Far away cage, is it? You can drop all that off at reception for a start, the drone retorted. 
the accent and everything. It's me. I'm back and ready to talk about what you did last year. Boy and girl stiffened. The acrid, smoggy wind suddenly seemed chill, the noise and flash of the city nothing more than a warm memory of a remote land. Nothing but automated factories and warehouses for miles upon miles out here, where the only reaction to a gunshot would be an acoustic sensor alarm notifying a patrol robot. Neither robot would shed a tear. We've said we're sorry, Mr. Rollogram. It was just a tiny little bit, mewed the girl. The drone spun in the air, lenses and rotors barely audible as it reoriented itself. No, you were right. It was Christmas. I don't want to be that guy. I thought you were stealing from me. I didn't realize I was stealing from you. We just wanted to give each other something nice for Crimbo, said the boy. Otherwise, what's the point? Ha! Still laying it on a bit thick, laughed the drone. And why not? I'm not judging you. Season of gifts and stocking fruit, I guess. It clicked and beeped to itself, and started doing tricks in the air, floating in figure-eight loops, yawing crazily from side to side at the apex of each. But didn't it used to be that possessions were trophies and rewards and mementos? It continued, turning from one to the other as it buzzed around them. Talismans and charm bracelets that told the story of people's lives. But now everybody's story of how they got something is pretty much the same. I saw it. Wanted it, so I bought it online. There's no quest. The only searching is done on the internet. Most exciting story people today have to tell about the material possessions tends to be something like, the courier failed to deliver it four times and then left it in my recycling. Well, not tonight. Tonight, people are going to get a story. Bring it into the shop. With the careful application of a specially formulated solvent, and the slightly more carefree application of sharp and heavy chisels, they eventually wrenched the thing free and winched it onto the sturdy butcher slab of the workshop indicated by the little drone. High-powered white spotlights came on with a leaden click and an instantly irritating buzz. The place was instantly washed out with blinding white light. When the two thieves lowered their hands from their faces again, they initially failed to notice that now a third man had joined them in the workshop. He was dressed in the uniform of the tacky, mainly pockets, and was taller than them by at least a head. His own dome was crowned with tufts of unruly red hair, which seemed to be exploding outwards at all angles in an attempt to escape, as the weighty head sagged low on his scarecrow frame. It was difficult to tell precisely how old the man was. Not because he looked particularly youthful, that was pretty common these days, with a range of age-defying solutions and payment options to suit almost any combination of financial status and physical courage, but because he didn't look young. His eyes were creased and lined, his brow was furrowed and as they came to terms with his sudden appearance in the space, he seemed to be processing many things. "'I'll be your mystery tech for this evening. This the patient?' he said. The punks looked at each other. The girl clenched her jaw and bugged her eyes, jerking her head at the new arrival. The boy blinked at her as passively as a lazy house cat regarding a mouse that it is already established is very definitely made of cloth. "'You're him!' she blurted, unable to stop herself. "'Sorry?' Who am I? asked the tech, evenly. You're him, Hologram Tom. It was your same voice before. Ow! She broke off to glare at her companion, who was inspecting a discarded multi-tool with a dedicated obliviousness, and completely unaware of whose toes he may or may not be accidentally stamping on at any particular moment. No idea what you're talking about, love, said the tech, ratcheting one of the limbs and removing a panel from the drone. He stuck a multi-tool into the wound and twisted it, 
the machine instantly became silent and still. Pay no mind, sir, said the boy with sudden cheer. Looks like you know what you're doing then. The tech pulled a thin printout from one of his many pockets. His eyes flicked mechanically down the list, around the workshop at the tools and components carefully installed and labeled. He saw that it was good. Yeah. You know, some of these pieces are really... classic, he said, pulling out one of the crates and peering inside. Worth a bit. We should see that we take good care of it, then, the boy replied with the instant confidence of someone who knows they have a correct answer to a quiz. What's it for? The tech smiled and pushed the crate back into place. If Santa did not exist, it would be necessary to invent him. The punks looked blankly at each other. Right. Well, how much do you know about drones? Not just the easiest models to boost and where to find them, but about where they all came from, asked the tech as he worked. I know they used to be toys. Well, you probably don't remember this, but oil pipelines used to be a pretty big deal, the tech continued, wiping his hands and settling in for a history lesson. And as such, they made a tempting target for a lot of different groups of people, for a wide variety of reasons. To that end, some of the earliest semi-autonomous drone flocks were set to the task of migrating up and down the pipeline routes. Like geese, said the boy. Yeah. Ionic polymer metal composite geese, said the girl, without the anger issues. The techie hooked up a small diagnostic computer to the buried nervous system of the drone, then punched in an access code. Previously inert LEDs sparked into life along the large vented proboscis, and begun gently color cycling. He nodded in satisfaction. The drones were perfectly capable of identifying and handling issues on their own, where they were able and permitted to do so. Depending on whether the problem was caused by extreme weather, parts failure, bad manufacture, wear or tear, or a jeep full of guys from the naughty list shooting off rocket-propelled grenades, there was usually a way for the flock to settle the matter. Anger issues, the boy nodded, smirking at the girl. It does tend to come down to that, said the techie. Hell, you should know, given your proclivities. Punks had a moment while the techie's back was turned. Girl mouthed, proclivities? and bugged her eyes again. The boy shrugged and shooshed. Of course, the particular niche they were made for evaporated a while ago, the techie continued, apparently oblivious. Now the pipelines of interest carry gushing torrents of data, simultaneously crude, worthless, and priceless when refined. Vast shoals of laser-welding squid and extremophile plankton microbots are said to guard those cables far beneath the ocean waves and nobody who's in a position to know seems able to confirm or deny any speculation on the matter, much less provide spec sheets. Other parts of the technology are more widely distributed. Some of the earliest chem-sniffer technology, for example, originally intended for detecting gas leaks, explosives, or specific individuals, he shuddered, possibly unconsciously, inspired a struggling programmer and successful beekeeper to invent APIS, the pheromone-based system that large drone swarms now depend on for security. The vented proboscis clattered to the ground, an extremely complicated spaghetti bowl of delicate tubes, reservoirs, and pneumatic systems lay exposed to the powerful spotlights. You see, for the sake of volume, for the sake of big business, the techie sang with contempt, you can't afford to spend the time to secure things properly. Time is money. And so what they figured to do was use pheromones for rapid authentication. A decent resolution chem sniffer is accurate down to five molecules per. 
and pedestrians typically can't access the receptor pads, so it's pretty secure for most purposes. But. But, the techie grinned in acknowledgement. The receptor pad auto-wash has a vulnerability we can exploit. So, what we're going to do is refit one of the Carico delivery guys with something to let him literally swipe today's password by hanging out near the drone gate at the returns depot. The girl whistled at the thought of a free pass to rummage around in the automated warehouses of the largest courier firm in the world. Human employees, 138, fully half of whom were some form of accountant, lawyer, or marketing executive. Something specific in there you want, or...? She queried, trailing off. No doubt. There's probably something in there everyone wants. We're gonna give it to them. Wait, said the boy. Does that mean we're robbing people at Christmas? I don't know. Not this gate. The returns depot is the prison of unwanted toys. Carrico loved to impound returns, and if you agreed to their terms and conditions, then you agreed to like it. This is a jailbreak. So who gets the loot? You? The boy said, trying to swallow the accidental sneering tone that had accompanied the thought. This one seemed to hurt the techie. The furrows on his brow deepened as it sagged. He bit his lip and slammed an old steel screwdriver down on a worktop with a startling report. He pulled one of the pre-packed crates out from beneath the worktop and withdrew a small, folding octocopter. It was an automatic PA of the kind beloved by so megastars where the user could simply throw the little guy into the air, where it would unfurl its IPMC wings and proceed to follow them around, monitoring and responding to the demands of the social media spotlight that would surely follow. Rooted Cypher Omega, another zero day from my personal collection. Reads your Carico wish list right through your goddamn wall. Not mine, obviously. Yours. Anyone's. Can you see where we're going with this yet? The punks looked at one another uncertainly. The techie sighed, rattling the screwdriver across the grill of the chem sniffer, like a steel mug across the bars of the county jail. He paused. Something delightful had occurred to him. Pass me that red LED, he said, grinning. No, the big one. Six hours later, the shutters on the maintenance shed of the old abandoned amusement arcade briefly slid one over another, retracting just enough for the machines to flit out into the night. The lead one was easy to track against the dark sky because of its glowing red nose. Nobody really knew exactly how the Carrico Depot had been mysteriously emptied overnight. A great many people suspected some connection with the shower of gifts which had rained on the neediest in the most deprived areas on that same night. But nobody was able to prove anything. It just became one of those weird incidents that makes up 15 minutes of the daily news cycle. When it happened again the next year, because the recommended patches still hadn't been applied. It was on a much larger scale. Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Original music by Disco Volante. Sound production was by Andrew Cairns.